Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit and talk about an uh, incident that happened in 1967 in North Carolina. Now I know people are out there thinking, what are you talking about going out on a limb? I mean, don't, every time, Jim, every time you go on one of these podcasts and talk about the things that you talk about, aren't you going out on a limb? Well, no, I don't think I am because I know that there's an extraterrestrial presence here on this planet because I've seen one of these beings and I've seen one of these craft two different occasions as everybody has, uh, who, who regularly listens to this podcast already understands. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk about this incident that happened in 1967, a very interesting incident. And I was actually, uh, I got this actually from uh, uh, Preston Dennett recently. He did a podcast where he talked about these interesting humanoid sightings and this was one of the cases and i i hadn't heard of this case uh until i saw that podcast from preston of course uh, he talked about a whole bunch of other ones too along with this one but i i really found this one really interesting i thought the the picture was uh very compelling um and so i want to talk about it it's, it's basically the the ta- the story of ronnie hill and this this was a 14 year old kid back in uh, 1967, who on uh, July 21st, 1967, uh, saw something extraordinary and was able to take a picture of it. And we're going to talk about that today. And uh, now for people who are listening to this on the podcast, I you will have noticed by this point that the thumbnail used is the picture that, that we're talking about, the picture in question. Um, I mean, of course, uh, the video version will be available on Spotify as well as uh, YouTube, you could watch it, the, a video version of this where I will feature that image a lot more prominently. Uh, however, for those who are uh, listening to it, I, uh, that you could check out that thumbnail, and that's exactly what we're talking about here is this image. And uh, and uh, I am here to defend this story and this picture, and, and we're going to talk about that. Anyway, uh, UFO, the late UFO investigator, strange paranormal investigator John Keel, who a lot of people know is famous for writing the Mothman prophecies, uh, he had uh, written about this in the late 60s. He inve- investigated this, and uh, and there was an article that he, he put together at that time, and we're going to go through some of this article here. He's, this is the words uh, he uh, for, he interviewed this young Ronnie Hill, who took this picture and told the story of what happened and how he obtained, how he was able to take this picture. And we're going to go through some of this. Um, this, well, for one thing, he was out in his garden this day, and he, and and some strange things happened, and then it culminated with this strange object uh, showing up. Actually, objects. Uh, first, he saw this uh, it was like a black hat shaped UFO, which sometimes are seen and pictured there's uh flying sauce like instead of a regular flying saucer it looks like a hat it's like uh, more like cylindrical on the top so he saw something like that and then apparently this round ball came out of it and then that ball landed near his near his home uh in the uh, on the edge of the woods on the edge of some trees you could see it see in this picture and uh this being got out with some sort of black object in his hand some sort of a funnel apparently put it on the ground i guess to suck maybe soil up or what something to that effect and then hurriedly got back into this round ball and the round ball took off and connected somehow with this flying hat and then both flew away together uh but anyway john keel according to his investigation according to an article that he had put out back then in the day here's what he wrote he said uh this is what this is these are the exact words of of ronnie hill uh he was outside uh in, the, in his parents' garden, and this is what he wrote. He says, I noticed a strange 
odor in the air which smells like gas which caused my eyes to water also i noticed a sound a sound of silence usually there are birds chattering and dogs barking but that day i heard no such sound after about 15 minutes i heard buzzing sound and the increasing smell of gas so when i turned my head i saw a strange thing in the sky it looked like a black hat then my eyes caught a glimpse of something moving it was a, a white ball about nine feet in diameter it started to fly by itself I, I fell to the ground all sorts of things dashing through my mind i know no one would believe believe me of what i saw and i would have no and i would have have to have some proof so i ran to the house to get my camera he got the he ran to his house and he grabbed this uh kodak camera when i came into the house i told no one of what i saw there wasn't enough time when i returned to the scene i saw the object the white ball on the ground about three seconds later i heard a loud noise which hurt my ears i was breathless because a little man about three and a half to four feet tall came from behind the ball-shaped object carrying with him a funnel-shaped black object in his right hand then quickly he put it near the ground, then pulled it back up to his hip. Then he turned and went behind the ball. The loud noise came again. Then a bright blue flame bursted from beneath the ship. Then it took off into the air slowly. Then the big ship reappeared. The round ship connected itself to a rod and it pulled the round ship into a hole. Then the big one took off at tremendous speed and disappeared over the treetops. So that was a direct quote from Ronnie Hill to John Keel at the time. Now, John Keel continues. He says, while all this was happening, Ronnie claims he heard a faint hissing sound, and he doesn't know if it came from the object or from the creature. Such hissing sounds have been reported in other landing cases. Ronnie says the little man moved slowly and wobbly and seemed to have trouble controlling his legs when he turned, swinging them stiffly. The distance between the young photographer and the creature was about 15 feet. The photo, the only one that came out, is bluish and marred by fogging on both edges. This is actually in Ronnie's favor since this, this same kind of fogging has turned up in other apparently authentic UFO photos and it has been suggested that it is caused by radiation or acidic rays of some kind coming from the object. In the original print, the creature appears to have puffed or fleshy cheeks with high cheekbones and, is, and it sports a helmet that is almost Germanic. The funnel-shaped object is visible in his hand. Ronnie says the little man's skin-tight suit was silverly and metallic and its head seemed to be a bluish green. The eyes were tilting and and uh, slanting it was a silver helmet and there was a dark blue belt around the waist blue belts have been described by several witnesses in south america the loud noise reported by ronnie has been an oft occurring feature in landing reports from all over the world i feel that this corroborative details adds to the credibility of the boy's story and then here's another article this is from uh, ufo photo cat blog and uh, I'll, I'll leave the link for this so you can check it out. And this is the story of the little blue humanoid. And uh, it says here, The issue of Flying Saucer Review of January-February 1969 contained an article by John Keel entitled The Little Man of North Carolina revolving about an incredible photograph of a small figure holding a dark object and, and standing in front of a white sphere placed on the ground. It had been attached to a letter that a 14-year-old boy named Ronnie Hill had mailed to the magazine Flying Saucers-UFO Reports, which had seized publication by then, and the editor decided to send it to John Keel. 
According to the boy's covering letter, he took the picture on July 21st, 1967 in a small town of Palmilco County, North Carolina. It all started when he noticed a strange odor in the air, like a gas that made his eyes water, before he realized there was a complete silence in the environment. Fifteen minutes later, Ronnie heard a buzzing sound and saw an object flying near. He ran to his house, but said nothing to, to its occupants, to the house occupants, to his mom or dad or anybody that was in the house, because like Ronnie said, he was in too much of a hurry to get the camera to go back outside and take the picture before this thing took off so he grabbed the kodak sabi 620 camera and by that time he was out again oh by the time he was out again a white ball about nine feet in diameter had landed nearby five seconds later a loud noise was heard i was breathless ronnie writes because a little man about three and a half to four feet tall came from behind the ball-shaped object carrying with him a funnel-shaped black object in his right hand the being was 15 feet from the boy uh now, John Keel showed the photograph to several photographers in New York City, and they studied it minutely, and they concluded that it was did not seem to be a doll, that the object this is being in the picture was not a doll or some other kind of hoax. Uh, and then uh, regard, <clears throat> regarding the original picture, the only one that came out, apparently Ronnie was able to snap of more than one picture, but only the one came out. Uh, that's not odd. I mean, it seems like sometimes things are things that we have are affected. You know, some, even to this day, cell phones are sometimes affected when UFOs are in the in, in the vicinity. Uh, anyway, continuing regarding the original picture, the only one that came out, Keel wrote, "It is bluish and marred by fogging on both edges." Keel embraced the veracity of the document. In fact, he found many te- details in the boy's story reminiscent of true UFO sightings and photographs, like the smell, the sounds the fogging and even the humanoid suit amazingly in order to avoid the photo in order to avoid that the photograph was published and the photographer did not receive a penny keel reported that it had been copyrighted in ronnie's name it is a curious decision to say the least now let me just stop there for some reason a lot of debunkers get into this issue of Ron, ronnie hill copywriting his picture at the time now i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about that later on and, and we'll, we'll, we're, we're gonna ripped out the pieces that whole issue there anyway continuing it says here nothing else was known about this photograph until the issue of the november december a small inset in page 11 reported doubts about the little man photograph and specified that john keel and correspondents of him have kept a watch on the case and now report that developments have cast doubts on the authenticity of the photograph now, whatever these doubts that might have been presented to John Keeler or, uh, or his correspondence that cast doubt on the story of Ronnie Hill, I don't know. Nobody seems to know. I can't find any information about those doubts. Now, there were some uh, other groups, another UFO group, which I'll get into a little bit later, that, that claimed that it was a doll. All it was was a doll and an egg that was photographed. Well... I, I don't I, I don't believe that either, but we'll get into that. It says here it was the end it was the end of it in the literature for years. In the summer of nineteen sixty nine I obtained a color copy of the print from Roger Per Perrin Jacquet of a Swiss ufologist, president of the GEOS group, and an active collector of UFO photographs. The picture I received is a cropped enlargement, obviously from a second generation negative. The copy is obliquely traversed by a number of white dots of unknown origin. In 1980, a reproduction of the Hill photograph was published in a book by Margaret Sachs, the UFO Encyclopedia, page 230. It was less cropped than my print and presented a larger view of the actual surroundings, but it also had the white dots in 
in it. It nevertheless contributed new information. The brief caption mentioned that the little alien had been identified as a model with an egg in the background, which was, and this was quoting a UFO organization called ICUFON. It was a New York-based organization that was uh, headed by this megalomaniac named Coleman von Kavetsky. Anyway, continuing here, it says, Surprisingly, not many sources have sub- subsequently published the picture. The first time it was printed in color was in UFO Encounters, Sightings, Visitations, and Investigation, a book jointly written by Jerome Clark and Marcelo Truzzi. Photographic credit also went to the ICUFON. Bob Rickard wrote an article for 14 times in 1995 discussing it it briefly also uh, also discussing it briefly also james lewis mentioned it in his book ufos and popular culture in 2000 both quoted from margaret Sachs as far as the solution is concerned mexican researcher louise ruiz noguez made a skeptical review of the case in his 1996 book uh, 100 photos of extraterrestrials where he theorized it could be a little model and a fake made by the typical precocious u.s teenager uh, so a lot of people were finding out, thinking this, this was fake. There was a, a British researcher, Isaac Coy, find a, uh, found a web page that carried this picture under, under the caveat, 100% sure they, are, they show fake ETs. It added some detail to it. In reality, the alien was a doll wrapped in aluminum foil. So there was different people were out there trying to say over the years, you know, the different books, magazines that have uh, been published over the years stating that this was a hoax, that this object, that... the uh, this young kid, this picture that he took was basically uh, an egg and and just a, a little like a Barbie doll size GI Joe uh, kind of uh, figure, and, and he wrapped it with aluminum foil and then took a picture of it and and then lied. That's so that's that's basically what's been going on all these years with this photograph. Anyway, continuing with the story, it says, All prints known to date were centered in the figure of the humanoid, and we missed seeing the full photograph. To this purpose, I, I re- addressed a request to the person managing the files of John Keel, who died in July of t- 2009, Doug Skinner, who runs a website devoted to the memory of Keel and his assets, uh, and Doug has been kind enough to provide me a scan of the original Kodak print created by the young boy. As it becomes obvious, the original picture does contain does not contain the white dots observed in the second-generation color prints available until now. So yeah, those white dots and, and the images that I'm using for the for this uh, podcast, uh, they're they're not present there. Uh, Doug also submitted scans of the letters submitted to Dell Publishing Company by Ronnie Hill with lots of interesting details and two pages of drawings. Now we know, for example, that the photograph was taken in the North Carolina town of Oriental. Time was 2 p.m. on a hot sunny day, and the landed object size is compared with uh, an orange at arm's length. It disappeared over the treetops and it moved like it was controlled by remote control. The typewritten letter with manuscript corrections and additions on it said the UFO was about nine yards, two feet away from me. And the alien was about three and a half to three to three and a half feet tall. The entity displayed a dark brown color in his face and greenish reflections and he wore a shiny silver suit. According to the letter written by the youngster, the alien came from behind the ship stopped and looked around, moved to stop again after looking at the UFO. Then he took out black funnel and stuck it in the ground, then pulled it back up. Finally, the entity hurried back behind the ship. And there's a document online. You could actually read the original document, the letter that Ronnie Hill wrote. Uh, of course, there's, there'll be links to these things uh, in the description for this podcast if you want to check it out at a different time. 
Then it says here, we know that John Keel exchanged extensive correspondence with a photographer during 1968, but this has not been found as of November 2011 when I I requested it was searched for, nor it nor it was any other documentation found proving the falsehood of the incident. Not strange because, as Doug reports, John didn't keep orderly files. His apartment was a horrifying mess, and his friends poured a lot of time into trying to help clean it up, usually in vain. After his death, we salvaged what we could. I don't have access to everything now. Some is still in storage awaiting further organization. So this guy here who did this UFO photo cat blog did a pretty good job of investigating, I must say, looking into this and trying to dig up as much information about this photo as possible. They had a consultant, this Andres Duarte, for this blog blog spot, uh, and he looked at this stuff and he came up with. He said that a lot of, there was a lot of inconsistencies in this uh, with in this image. For instance, like uh, that that object in the background isn't consistent. If if the being you're seeing in the picture, for instance, is uh, three and a half to four foot tall, then uh, or even three feet to th- uh, three and a half feet tall, whatever, right? Then, th- then that object in the back should be bigger, right? It should seem bigger, and the and and the being should seem smaller. But the but the object in the back isn't nine feet. Uh, so that's some of the inconsistencies that they're talking about, and it's this is technical stuff, and I don't, it, I'm not going to go through all of this because it would bore you to tears listening to me uh, say all these. Uh, to to try to you need to look at it yourself is what i'm trying to say because it's it's a lot of numbers and uh so if you want to read about the inconsistencies again this stuff will be included in the uh in a link in the description for this podcast uh and this was and the magazine article at the time from 1968 the measure that indicated that the measurements uh verified uh ronnie's estimates so that they're saying that the magazine was wrong too, and then uh, Duarte provided graphical representations here of what of how big the object really should have looked in the picture compared with the being. So there were some inconsistencies in the story, okay, and uh, and I don't think that's a problem. Again, we're talking this is we're talking about a fourteen year old kid here. Uh, you know, that's it. He's fourteen years old, and uh, he, he's he's not known to be some kind of a liar. His parents believed him at the time. And okay, maybe you know nine. He said nine. The object was nine feet in diameter. Okay, so maybe you know he just provided a wrong footage. Okay, that that's could happen. You know, when I talk about my UFO incident, for instance, uh, from 1994, I don't. I I just say it's as big was big as a house because I'm not. I can't really say how big it was. I I say it was two and a half stories off the ground because I don't really know that. To me, that's all. That's that's the best way to describe it from my point of view. You know, so. Uh, I don't have a problem with with the inconsistencies. I think the story sounds credible, and that's I, I just I, I believe the story, and I think that the picture is is real. I think this image is real. I think you're seeing an actual alien being in this image. I don't think this kid made this up. I don't think he lied. It's, I don't think it's a doll like some people have say, stated. That'd be a pretty big doll. I mean, when you look at the picture and the back, you know, compared with the background, okay, that maybe maybe that ball shape, that ball that landed there, okay, maybe that's not nine feet in diameter. Maybe it's only four feet, four and a half, or five feet in diameter. Who knows, right? But uh, when you when you look at the at the picture, the full picture, right? It, to me, it looks like that. There's no way that thing's too big uh, to uh, to be a, a, a GI Joe doll or a Barbie doll with a different head attached onto it. I just don't believe those stories, and it doesn't look like it's aluminum foil wrapped around. It looks, you know, there's no crinkling at all that you could see anyway. Like usually, if you think if you were to put to try to wrap some sort of aluminum foil around a little 
doll like that. You think it would be uh, all crinkly? I don't see that. Now this kid was was pretty smart. Uh, he was president of his eighth grade four. He was president of uh, his eighth grade class, and he was also president of the local four H club, an assistant patrol leader in the Boy Scouts, according to Keel. So this this kid wasn't like somebody that would be you would think would be a liar. Right, would make would would fabricate some kind of a story like this. You know, let me tell you, say something. You know, uh, and the parents wouldn't wouldn't allow something like this to go on. They just wouldn't. Parents know when their kids not telling the truth. I let me tell you, anybody who's a parent out there, you could tell when your kid's lying. When you have when your kid's uh, fourteen years old and, and tells you something, you know whether he's he's telling the truth or whether he's lying. I I, I know this. Okay. You know, I I know I, I would know when my son is telling the truth, when he told the truth, or when he was lying. I know the difference. I could see it. I know. I could just tell by if he would have came in and, and told a story like this, my son at 14 years old, and and and, uh, uh, and 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 I didn't, and it was false. I would know. I would know. So I I think that this kid was telling the truth at the time, uh, and I I believe his story, and I believe that that picture is real. But anyway, there are some detractors on this, and there's uh, we're gonna get into that right when we come back. Okay, we are back. Uh, now, there have been people who have tried to debunk this over the years. Uh, of course, like I mentioned earlier, there was that one UFO organization out of New York that uh, tried to say it was a doll wrapped up. There's a lot of people. And usually what happens here, this is what's funny about debunkers. I get a big kick out of debunkers, right? You know why? Because, uh, you know, when one debunker will say something like this or UFO group uh, from New York, uh, this ICUFON, right? They make this statement. Uh, they say, "Well, you know what? This is fake. It was a, it was a little doll wrapped up in aluminum foil, and the and the white object in the background was only an egg." Okay. Um, now, I just as an experiment, I actually uh, today earlier today I was at my girlfriend's house, and uh, she supplied me with this little. Uh, it was less than it was about a four and a half inch tall little figurine it was totally ridiculous looking but that's all she had and she gave me that and i got an egg and i put it out in her yard and, and i you know i tried to arrange it the way this picture was arranged that uh this uh, kid took and it's not the same it's just not the same uh it's you could obviously tell this is a little doll and that's an egg in the background and you can see the grass i mean real grass in the background and the ronnie hill picture this is like in tall grass and some some part where the alien was standing it looks like it's sparse it's the grass is sparse and in the background you see it's, it's, it's some taller grass and then you see the trees i i t there's a there's a big difference here I, I when you do the eye just the eye test on as far as i'm concerned it looks real it looks like it could be a real thing like this could be a real being that was standing there that's three and a half to four feet tall or three feet to four feet tall whatever uh and and, and maybe ronnie is mistaken about the size of the ball that landed okay he's he's a 14 year old kid he says it was nine feet in diameter maybe it was only four feet in diameter five feet in diameter and he just provided the nine feet and you know because he just wasn't sure he's only 14 years old that's how those kind of mistakes could be made but in the image that I took, I mean, you can see it's absolutely, you know, absurd. You would know that you would, of course, the, the you would know by the looking at the little figure that it's, that it's, you know, a little figure, right? But it, but you look at the background, you see the grass on the ground. That's you know, grass, thick, short grass. I mean, it's, you, the, in the image here, you see there's tall grass in the background, and he stand and the, and this being is standing in an area where it's like the grass seems more sparse than uh, in the, on the perimeter in the background. Uh 
and anyway, the other thing is too, you have uh, people that say, well, if it looks like a doll, you, know, you could see the joints in the, where, how do you know this, right? You, you Have any of these debunkers seen an alien creature? Well, they don't believe in them, right? So how, how do they know what they look like? It reminds me of, uh, in the 1997, the United States Air Force released the Roswell Report, uh, that absurd book that I talked about numerous times on my podcast, where they talk about how the... Uh, uh, what what people saw in 1947 were actually these anthropomorphic dummies that were dropped from high altitudes during these test parachute uh, these tests uh, that they were conducting from 1953 to 1959. Well, in that Roswell report, case closed, it's called. Uh, I find that there was something in here that reminded me of this situation where you know people are saying, well. You know, it's just a little doll wrapped up in tinfoil. Well, it was interesting about uh, in this Roswell report case uh, case closed from 1997 that was uh, released by the Air Force. One of the uh, comments made by one of the witnesses to an alien being was this guy named Gerald Anderson, and he was only five years old at the time, and he claims uh, that he saw uh, these beings with, uh, with 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 relatives at the time. He he was part of the, a group of people that saw alien beings at a crash site. And one of the one of his comments uh, to uh, investigators was, "I thought they were plastic dolls. I didn't think they were real." So in his mind, in his five-year-old mind, he was looking at these beings on the ground. He couldn't understand what they were. He even said at the time, "I thought they were plastic dolls. I didn't even think they were real." Well, the Air Force in this 1997 book says uh, they make this assessment. They said the statement, "I thought they were plastic dolls." seems an odd choice of words to describe an extraterrestrial being and is a likely reference to an anthropomorphic dummy whose skin was made of plastic. Okay, that's that's unbelievable that the, that the Air Force would say that. If, if the extra if the Air Force doesn't know uh, if they say extraterrestrials are, are 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 not real that there are no extraterrestrials here, how would they know that they don't look like uh, how, why would they an alien looking like a plastic doll uh, be an odd choice of words if you don't know what they already look like? No, see, the, 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 it's, the debunkers have nothing on this. I mean, again, I, I'm, I, I, like I stated earlier in this podcast, I'm going out on a limb on this one. I, it could turn out that I'm wrong, but I think this, I, I've looked into this story since I saw that podcast from Preston Dennett really, re- recently, and I believe that this, this is something that really happened, and I think that this thing, pic, thing in the picture is an actual alien being. Anyway, here was something uh, that was written by the Iron Skeptic. Of course, I'll leave the link for this, and I'm going to, uh, go through what he's. this person says. It says, the study of the UFO phenomenon is at times a highly contradictory one. UFO enthusiasts will fight to their last breath to convince the world that a certain case which has no physical evidence behind it is absolutely true. Yet on other occasions, cases which have at least something physical to them are ignored. For instance, we have the case of a boy named Ronnie Hill, aged 14, of Palmico County, North Carolina. On the fine summer afternoon of 21 July, 1967, he was playing in his family's gar- family garden, apparently alone, when a strange scent filled the air. It was so bad that it made his eyes start to tear. He became suddenly concerned that this malodorous omer aroma had to do with the spaceship landing in a nearby field thinking and quite quite rightly that no one would believe him if he told him told him he'd seen a flying saucer he ran inside to get a portable kodak camera 
Returning to the scene, Ronnie saw that the spaceship, a spherical white thing that he estimated to be about nine feet in diameter, had indeed come to rest in the nearby field. Ominously, from behind the craft stepped the creature clad in a shiny silver suit with spindly thin legs and an oversized gnome head. It carried a black object that it inserted into the ground, withdrew, and then returned to a ship which departed for points unknown. In the ship's wake, Ronnie could smell something similar to propane gas, but the thing that scared him the most was that the whole nightmare scene played out in absolute dead total silence. No birds chirping, no insects whirring, no nothing. At first glance, this is the sort of alien encounter that occurs every day. Well, supposedly occurs every day. Fodder, perhaps, for the tabloids? Not so, because Ronnie Hill, in a feat of either courage or total stuttering foolishness, snapped a picture of the space monster before he returned to his ship and departed for the stars. Now, if you see how this person, a skeptic, a debunker, writes these kind of articles uh it's completely a slap in the face to people who have encountered these beings because this is absolutely you know that's how they are but these people in the, in, in the final analysis says these people who are the dummies believe me i've seen one of these things with my own eyeballs so i know that this people who think like the iron the, the uh the iron skeptic right they're the true dum-dums in this world uh <clears throat> continuing here it says incontrovertible proof that space aliens have appeared on earth to kidnap her dirt and startle her children perhaps perhaps not there are several noteworthy things about the photograph despite the fact that this is supposedly the holy grail of a ufo enthusiasts a genuine photograph of a space creature neither the negatives nor the photo itself have ever been inspected by a photography specialist ufo enthusiasts sent send out dozens upon dozens of photos of quite clearly fake flying saucers every year, perhaps every month for analysis, but this one has never made it on into the pile. Uh, it was examined. Now, there's been some issue on whether there was the actual negative that was uh, looked at, or but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, the actual, it's, the, it's still the picture. It's still the picture. Anyway, continuing. Upon closer examination, aside from the space monster and his ship, Again, he's calling the alien a space monster because, that, again, that's that's a way to uh, make people who believe in the uh, extraterrestrial reality look foolish because we, we believe in space monsters, right? Uh, upon closer examination, aside from the space monster in a ship, there is nothing in the photograph that can be used for scale. No trees in the background, no houses, nothing. There are some vertical lines at the top and bottom that suggest grass and trees, but we have nothing to which we can accurately judge the size of the creature. Ten, te- ten feet tall, two inches tall, you be the judge. Uh, no, I, I think you, you, it's easy to judge that. You, you, you know it, 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 that you look at that picture. As far as I could see, that thing looks like it's. Uh, a three and a half to four foot tall thing standing there and you could, you could judge it against the trees in the background i mean if this was a small tiny little uh, uh doll like a gi joe doll or a barbie doll right it, it, you, the picture would have been ha- would have been taken at a different kind of an angle it just doesn't make any sense it w- that wouldn't look like this as i illustrated in the picture that i uh, uh supplied earlier the, the the test picture that i took uh, anyway, continuing here, it says the creature itself has either an enormous head or is wearing a strange hat. Well, it was wearing a metal hat, which some people have said they've seen this before. The, the, these creatures, a lot of times, dress in all kinds of attire, and sometimes they're wearing strange things on their head too. That's that's not the first time. Now, sometimes they, the, a lot of these stories aren't do not come with images or pictures like this one does. But here, when when you finally get a picture, right, it's never good enough. Uh, anyway, in, more interestingly, interestingly, his legs seem to seem to more or less sharpen into points before the knee. In fact, his shins are invisible at some points, 
and there is a bright point and dim line on the creature's right side that implies that it actually has two knees on both legs for a total of four. No, I don't see that. This guy's making this up. This part's getting made up here. His left hand is not clearly apparent, and his right hand is hidden by the black object. Okay, so what? So what that the right hand is hidden by the black object? The, th- the thing was holding the black object, uh, which appears to be similar to a bowling ball. The black object did not look like a bowling ball. It looked like a funnel type of object, just like the kids stated it did. Uh, The point is, the photo is blurry enough and has poor enough contrast that one cannot even make out the monster in its entirety, much less determine if it is real or not. The creature is supposedly 15 feet or so from the boy and appears to be looking right at him with glowing eyes. Why in the world did it allow the child to take a photo of him? It seems not to have noticed him at all. Maybe I'm just a jerk, but if I were involved in clandestine clandestine soil napping operations on an alien world and someone spotted me, I'd, you know, bump them off or at least scare them a little, but that's just me. See, again, it's just trying to make this look ridiculous, make this story look ridiculous by making statements like that. The point that the point is is that the photograph itself leaves a lot to be desired you know i agree with that yeah it does leave a lot to be desired but when you take the kid's story along with the photograph it sounds plausible to me this is a plausible story i think it is i think it's something that did happen i don't think this kid made it up again his parents would have known that he was making it up his parents wouldn't allowed him to be sending this out everywhere and telling this story to researchers at a time making a fool out of people in the world it just would be something that wouldn't parents do not allow Again, the kid was the president of his eighth grade class. He was well-respected. People didn't think he was a liar. Uh, and, and obviously, I don't think a kid like that would make a story up like this and, and uh, try to cash, to try to cash in and make a million dollars because nobody's going to make a million dollars on something like this. And I'm sure that the parents were aware of that too. Uh, anyway, continuing here. <clears throat> Surely a 14-year-old boy whom teachers and parents described as honest, decent type would be considered a highly reliable witness? Actually, not so much. The first thing that the young man did after obtaining his photograph was get a copyright on it, ensuring that all profits from his selling the photo would go to him. I consider this a damning criticism of our modern education system, as in 1967, a 14-year-old boy knew how to do this, and today, a 25-year-old man has no idea how to even begin the copywriting process. Okay, now this guy, now now we know that this debunker is a complete moron, okay? This the iron skeptic never listened to this dope, dumb-dumb again because he has no idea what he's talking about. The copyright system back to, back then compared to what it is today is two different two different. Uh, animals you know back then you i mean you if if there was something that you had right that you wrote you you better copyright it because somebody could could steal it off you for instance in 1968 george romero was uh they're about to release his movie night of the living dead but it wasn't called that at first the name of the movie was night of the flesh eaters right but what uh, they decided to change the name right before the release because the, there was a movie that had been released several years earlier called The Flesh Eaters, and they didn't want people to be confused on confused about it. So they changed the name to Night of the Living Dead at the last minute, right? But they made that change. They forgot to put the copyright notice on there. If you don't leave the copyright notice on there, right, that means it becomes public domain. That's why that's why George Romero ended up losing a lot of money over the years. He's now passed on, but he lost a lot of money over the years as well as everyone else involved in that because they didn't they failed to put a copyright notice on the film. So it became public domain. That's how the laws used to be. Cuz they decided to make a name change at the last second and then 
they made that error, forgot to put in the copy, forgot to put a copyright notice anywhere on that film, and it became public domain. That's why there's all the over the years there's been hundreds of different VHS companies and uh, DVD companies, Blu-ray, different Blu-ray companies that have released versions of Night of the Living Dead. And that's why you know you could post that on your YouTube channel, or and you're not going to get uh, dinged for it because it's, there's no copyright on it. So things are different now. If you, if anything, the way the copyright law is set up now, it, it, you you put something online, you create something, you the, the copyright starts right after you do it. They change copyright law. It's different than it, today than it is than it was back then. So this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, and it, maybe he does, and he's just saying that because he knows that any kind of dumb dumb that listens to his kind of story won't look into this. But but uh, I'll, I'll I'll straighten you out here. We'll, we'll straighten you out here. Anyway, continuing here, it says, Anyway, the second thing that the boy did was mail a copy of his photo to... Oh, wait, let me stop here before I go on. The other thing is, is there's we don't have enough... There's The, the boy put a copyright notice on it, but one other thing is, he was... I'm certain it was that somebody told him to. He didn't know anything about that. His parents or John Keel, somebody put the copyright notice for him, told him to put a copyright notice on it. So this guy's writing it as if the 14-year-old boy knew to do that. How does he know that? Anyway, continuing. It says, anyway, the second thing that the boy did was mail a copy of his photo to a UFO magazine. Sadly, they, they had slid into insolvency and were unable to purchase the photo from the boy. But the editor of the magazine did forward his correspondence to investigator John Keel. So, Ronnie Hill wanted to make a profit off of his, this picture. There's nothing wrong with that. People involved with UFOs routinely make fortunes from telling their insane stories. What is it that makes his case, one with potentially world-changing evidence, different from the tales of others? Abductees like Stefan Michalik and Travis Wallen have made fortunes and recruited armies of true believers with no physical evidence, much less a photograph. Now, let's just stop here. Now, he's using Travis Walton as, as uh, somebody who made a fortune with having no physical evidence at all, right? Uh, now, Travis Walton, there were six other guys that saw, saw the flying saucer that uh, abducted Walton before the right before it happened before he disappeared before his disappearance so there was six other guys and all of these guys ended up taking uh, lie detector tests and and eventually it concluded that they, none all of them were telling the truth and Travis Wallen has been telling the truth because again see these people you can't they, they'll, they'll rather make a fool out of you because they're so they're so idiotic and dumb these these, these skeptics debunkers that, that act like this right uh, they don't want to accept this reality. They hate it. They hate that, this idea. They think that the human race, we're the superior. We're, we're, there's nothing else around here. There's no way anything. We can buy it. I just don't believe it. I don't believe any of these stories. Well, they're wrong. They're absolutely, completely wrong. Because uh, uh, it happens. There's aliens here. There's something here. There's a presence here that's extraterrestrial. I know this for a fact. Based on just my own experiences, and anybody who would do research on this, right, would know too. If you were to do enough research, you would. The, 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 there's only one conclusion. Anyway, uh, continuing here, he goes on. He says there is little doubt in my mind that this whole thing was a hoax or Ronnie's part in an attempt to get some quick cash. How does he know that? Did Ronnie ever make any money off this? Because he put a copyright notice on it. Did he ever make? Do we know that? Where's his uh, receipts for the cash? I want to know this. I, I like to see this. The way he acted and the and the lousiness of the photograph scream hoax. The way he's a 14-year-old kid taking a picture of a landed fly, uh, landed alien craft and an alien being, but oh, that's not good enough. The way that picture looks to me, it looks like it's fake just because this guy thinks it looks fake. Uh, 
I found a report from all places, the International UFO Museum and Research Center, Center in New Mexico, which lists the Ronnie Hill case as a photo hoax, small model plus eggshell. But there's no explanation as to how they, they came to this conclusion. Yeah, there is no explanation. Where does the explanation come from? See, again, sometimes people pick up on these things. Like one person says it and, oh, it's it's just an egg. It's an egg in the background and, 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 a, and a Barbie doll with the, a different doll's head snapped onto it. And so then you, ha- then you see people throughout the decades like just uh, mimic this cause, and try to make themselves look smart just like this guy here. Uh, and then continue, continuing here, it says, assuming that it is a hoax, it illustrates a somewhat odd paradox. If you're going to try and make money from your UFO story, less evidence is better than more evidence. If Ronnie Hill had not taken his photo and just written a story of his encounter, he'd have been able to sell it to someone for sure. He might even get a book and a movie out of the deal. This is this guy's just making this up. No, no, no. See that what what makes like, he's talking about people like Travis Walton who got a book. You no know, books were written about it, or the Allagash Four, four different witnesses, and 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 a book gets written made about it. In Travis Walton's case, a movie got made about it. But again, he disappeared for five days. This kid just simply saw a, a UFO landing and a, and a being get out. That's that's what that's all that happened. I mean, that happens a lot. This guy's obviously unaware that this kind of thing has happened a lot over the decades. Uh, occupant sightings, where where people see landed craft and occupants walking around. It's, it's something that happens a lot. Happened a lot. It continues to happen. Uh, he might even get a book and movie deal out of a book, a book and a movie out of the deal because. When, when there is only a story being told, the only way for skeptics to test it is to try and pick it apart, show the inconsistencies, and so on. When one brings up an actual piece of physical evidence, such as a photograph, there are impartial scientific analyses that can be performed. This is a larger trend in the field of UFOs. The less evidence that something happened, the more famous the incident becomes. Cases based on nothing more than a single person's testimony are considered irrefutable truth. Cases where there is some sort of actual physical evidence, such as the case of of Ronnie Hill fall by the wayside. Does this mean that even the most hardened UFO enthusiast can't look at the photo with a straight face? Is that an example of some sort of larger institutional blind spot? I don't know. All I know is that despite the fact that the UFO enthusiasts claim that they are interested in finding physical evidence that our Earth is being visited by monsters from beyond the moon, cases that have physical evidence remain uninvestigated. What's this guy talking about? Cases that have uh, cases that have physical evidence remain un- uninvestigated. There's been investigations in the physical trace cases for decades does that guy not know this you know uh, mufon continues to do that to this day there's people investigating cattle mutilations you know i mean this this guy has no idea what he's talking about but again it's interesting to see like this is the kind of stuff that uh uh you know people will say Again, the, the, this guy obviously had his explanation, like his skeptical, his debunker explanation of the of a egg and a, and a, and a little doll that from that ICUFON uh, organization that initially made that claim. And where's there? They didn't really present any evidence. I can't find anything online where they say, "Oh, this is this is what it is." I mean, that's just somebody saying that. Now, the, the, the but again, yeah, people have to remember they weren't there. That kid was there. Ronnie Hill was there. He's the one who took the picture. He's the one who saw it, experienced this whole thing. And but but people who weren't there are saying, "Well, no, this is a hoax. It's a, it's an egg, and it's a uh, it's a Barbie doll with uh, some other doll head snapped onto it and wrapped up in tinfoil." Where's your proof of that? I don't I don't see it anywhere. 
But back, uh, there's this guy on Flickr who posted a picture of this, uh, Andy Blair. I'll leave a link for this too. And uh, he wrote about this. He said, I've seen this photo on the internet as conclusive proof that alien life has visited Earth. The image was taken in July 1967 by a 14-year-old kid named Ronnie Hill using 126 Coda color film. It supposedly shows an alien and its craft. What do you think? Since it, since it's really low res, I've added a few flicker notes to help out. Below is a description of the event from the Iron Skeptic website. So this guy took some information from the Iron Skeptic website. Where Andy Blair later provides a comment says, uh, says saying the more I look at the alien, it looks like Ronnie took one of his sister's Barbie dolls and popped an alien head onto her body. I, I used to annoy my kid sister by doing. I used to annoy my kid sister by doing similar mischief. The white round object is harder to figure out, but I'm sure somebody will come up with a reasonable explanation. So Andy Blair's using the the Barbie doll. Uh, the, the doll uh, excuse just like other people have that now he's really clever because he did that he's using the barbie doll explanation that makes him extremely clever he figured it all out now i know there's going to be some people that are, are actually listening to this podcast and uh, watch my youtube channel they're going to say hey jim i think you're wrong on this one i think it is a fake and a phony well again does, does any anybody here have, have any proof that they could bring forward the show that this is a phony because I don't think it is. When you look at this full picture, where did he get a life's... I don't think he got a doll at that, that that could be that big. This is not some Barbie doll that he just propped up in, in, in this field near this forest. I don't think that that's what it is. I think you're seeing what he said it is. Three to four foot tall being standing there. And there's uh, a, a ball in the background that the thing came out of. Now, whether he... he I think he's wrong probably about the nine feet in diameter. Because yes, if the, if the being is three and three to four feet tall, then that ball in the background should seem bigger. Because it doesn't seem like he, like the being is that far away from it. So I, you know, if, you know, he might not. He might have the being might even have to crouch down to crawl and crawl into it because because he might be actually taller than that the object. I don't know. But the story sound, sounds good to me. It sounded like it's a believable story. I don't think this kid was lying. He actually came up with some evidence, and I think this is a real deal. Uh, I know there's going to be people out there that are going to say, no, I think you're wrong, and then uh, uh, so what? So what? This is my opinion, and I'm putting it out there. I think these debunkers, they don't have, they don't have, nothing that they've put out there has convinced me otherwise. I think that this is this is a real deal. I think that this event happened. Uh, and again, you know, the what regardless i mean we don't have that many pictures of real aliens do we so when somebody finally provides one then oh i uh, i don't believe that because uh, it looks like a doll to me well okay it looks like it, may, it might look like a doll to you but then again have you ever where's your picture of a real alien do you have any other pictures of a real alien of a real alien that you can compare it to and i've actually talked to some one person i want to just add this one who had who had encountered a, one of these blue aliens and that person told me that this picture this face looks like it might be one of those creatures these blue aliens uh had entered this person's room and that person told me that this that's it looks something like this here so i know it's only anecdotal evidence uh, absolutely no proof of it. I'm just giving my feelings on this on this one, and I think that this story is true. I don't think it's a little tiny uh, GI Joe doll or a Barbie doll or anything like that. And an egg, and I don't think it's an egg. I think it's actually what the kid said it is. I think it's some sort of alien creature along with some sort of uh, round shaped object that it was tra that it traveled to the earth to the ground within. That's what I think it is. Anyway, until next time.